Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got five dollars. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. My goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The best. Relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast. This is your Saturday Slate DFS preview for the NFL Divisional Round. I am your host, Chris Raybon. And joining me, as always, one of the top fantasy rankers in the game, Sean Kerner. Sean, how you feeling? What's up? I'm feeling pretty good. Not going to lie, still, you know, recovering from our lengthy uh, weekend in New York. But uh, how you doing? Feeling good, man. I see the, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, you know, it's only, I could count the amount of games left. You could really kind of dive in. I had, I've already bet four props and it, on like Wednesday. So, you know, this is, this is that time of year when, uh, starting to see the end of the road, but, uh, it's, it's bittersweet, but uh, we've got some good matches this weekend. So we'll dive into both of them. Uh, this, both of the Saturday games, uh, we'll talk about, uh, the, the showdown slates, uh, for those on this episode. And I want to give a quick shout to our contest winner, CH6 underscore five, seven. Uh, congrats CH6 underscore five, seven. Thanks for the uh, review. You can claim your free year of action pro by hitting up podcasts with an S at actionnetwork.com. And for anyone out there that wants a free year of action pro, be sure to leave us a five-star uh, rating and review. All right, let's jump into the first matchup. We got the Jags going to KC to take on the Chiefs. Eight and a half is the line in favor of the Chiefs. Total way up at 53. What do you like at a captain spot, Sean? Um, so I was I was considering either Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey here. Uh, and I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. Uh, this is a spot where I think the Chiefs are just going to be throwing the ball with ease. You know, the Jaguars defense is certainly a pass funnel one. Um, and last time they played, you know, Mahomes was able to pick pick apart the Jags defense over the middle, threw for 334 yards. Uh, but this is a spot, you know, it's a playoff, so I can see him leaning on Kelsey even more here. The Jags ranked 32nd in DVOA against tight ends. They allowed a big game to Gerald Everett last week, who went off for six catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Um, even teams trying to slow down Kelsey, you know, they'll double team him. It doesn't matter. 
he goes off, you know, no matter what. So if there's any team that certainly can't stop him, it's the Jaguars. Um, and Kelsey's ran a route on 82% of Mahomes' dropbacks since week nine. So now that we're in the playoffs, that could go up closer to 90%. You know, he's going to play as much as possible here since it's the playoffs. So I think that raises his ceiling even more. Um, so that's why I like using him in the captain slot for this game. Yeah, Kelsey, uh, you know, is uh, he has the best matchup, I think, here, at least on paper, 32nd in DVOA. Uh, against tight ends are the Jaguars, so uh, certainly uh, don't hate it. I think he's a threat for uh, multiple touchdowns in this game. Uh, I'm going with Mahomes here. Uh, I actually yeah. have him projected for almost seven more fantasy points than Trevor Lawrence, so <laughs> kind of an uh, ideal spot. And I, I actually have Mahomes uh, almost five ahead of Kelsey, so like I – I'm really high on Mahomes in this spot. I think uh, he's like you said. I think they the Chiefs will be able to throw the ball here against this Jags D that ranks 17 spots worse in DVOA against the pass than versus the run. They're a bottom five pass D. So give me some Mahomes. Uh, you know, I think he spreads it. I get. I think he gets it to Kelsey. I also like Juju in this spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Juju has a really good matchup uh, against this zone heavy Jags D with. Uh, that has a weak slot corner in Herndon. So uh, quite a few ways you could go here, but uh, yeah, going with Patty here and, and Mahomes also, uh, I looked it up, tends to scramble uh, about, <laughs> yeah. about 2% more per dropback than he does in the regular season when he's in the postseason. And it's like, yeah. that kind of adds up to, uh, because scrambles usually go for seven, eight yards on average that that can add up to, you know, an additional like half a point or something. So don't sleep on that. Uh, either but uh, yeah a lot of reasons to like uh, Mahomes here yeah that's uh, when I I was gonna go with Mahomes um, but I I pivoted but yeah that's the one thing I was gonna mention it always seems like when we get to the playoffs we're projecting him maybe not this week but maybe next week we're gonna be projecting him for over 30 rushing yards Um, if you remember that Super Bowl game uh, he was (laughs) at like 35 and a half because that's how much more he scrambles just hopefully when he kneels down it's you know not minus 10 yards a pop this time uh, but yeah, I was going to say, usually in the playoffs, uh, he really, you know, just unleashes himself uh, when it comes to scrambling. So just massive, massive upside here. Yeah. And that, and that is one of the reasons why I think he has a little extra added value in that captain spot because yeah. he could get a rushing touchdown and that mm-hmm. that's leverage on everyone now. Uh, do you have him for more points than uh, Josh Allen? Yeah. He's my kid. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. About, about a half a point more, about a half a point. Yeah, more. and I, I don't think that happened too often in the regular season, if ever. Um, you know, it's typically Josh Allen number one. So that just goes to show what what a great matchup this is for Mahomes this week. Mahomes had his interception issues this year, but mm-hmm. Josh Allen's really having some <laughs> So it's yeah. kind of building on each other to where Allen's rushing is not necessarily canceling out Mahomes' uh, proficiency throwing the uh, throwing the football here. All right, who else do you like in this game? Dart throws, value plays, just uh, who, who else are you uh, rostering uh, on this slate? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah, so on the Jaguar side, uh, I like Marvin Jones. And, you know, he's obviously the forgotten guy in this passing attack behind, you know, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, Evan Ingram. Uh, but he saw pretty big jump uh, in usage last week. He ran around on 69% of Lawrence's dropbacks since week 12, but last week it was all the way up to 90%. Uh, they use just way more 11 personnel. Um, and I could see them sticking with that against the chiefs. You know, they're gonna have to keep up with this chiefs offense, put up a ton of points. Um, so he could see, you know, similar playing time and play. He's their main downfield target 
as well. So he has some upside there. Um, and his roster ship will probably be a bit low here. Um, like I said, he's sort of the forgotten guy in his passing attack. So I, I like his upside on the showdown slate. And then the Chiefs side, got to go with Kadarius Tony. Uh, Mecole Hardman's out again this week. So, um, you know, Tony, he's been running around just like 25, 30% of the time. But, I mean, he has massive, massive upside um, if he does see an increase in playing time. Plus, they're starting to give him the ball um, on direct handoffs. You know, he saw three carries for 26 yards and a uh, touchdown um, rushing in their last game. So he just has massive upside. And I remember there was a game this year where I thought he was going to run around 60 to 70% uh, of dropbacks. And I was projecting him for like over five receptions. So again, if if he does sort of see an increase in usage, which is possible, they're coming off a bye. He's still trying to get integrated in this offense. So I think his playing time can only go up in the playoffs. Um, he just has massive upside uh, in this game. Yeah, I, I, I like uh, Tony as well. He's one of the guys I, I had written down and, you know, it, it really comes down to the fact that there's a there's a wide range of outcomes with him, and that that's great for uh, mm-hmm. a DFS tournament. And one of the things that I took note of is that Jacksonville plays the sixth most zone coverage, and Kadarius Tony is averaging 2.4 yards per route against zone. Now he doesn't have enough uh, usage to qualify uh, mm-hmm. in the leaderboard, but if he did, he'd be right there. Uh, in the top five in, in that cat in that mm-hmm. metric and that and against man coverage he's under half a yard per route so he's a <laughs> kind of specializes in in, in kind of yeah. running away from guys you know if you if you jam him up with the line or do something like that he's not going to be as effective but that's the beauty of this chief's offense he doesn't he's not he doesn't have to be the number one receiver like he was at times with the giants last year so uh, i like the way they've been using him and yeah ton of upside and you know if if you kind of look to the prop market as a tell, you and I were both talking before the show about how, you know, <laughs> the market is about 10 yards higher, eight yards higher than our projection on, on Tony. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how they're getting there. I think they're kind of, they're probably not regressing things as much as they should, but nevertheless, uh, you know, NFL, one of the more efficient markets. So yeah. I'm not just going to assume that just, you know, that I'm right just because mine is lower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I would say, you know, that's, that's just another thing kind of working in, in favor, especially in, in a tournament setting, because again, there's a wide range of outcomes. Like, you know, you and I, two top five fantasy rankers have them mm-hmm. about eight yards lower than the market, but then the market, the most efficient market in the world, betting market in the world has them at over 30 yards. So uh, either way, uh, I think there's a lot to like about, about Tony in terms of, uh, the variance and, and you know the, the what could happen as you mentioned rushing receiving uh you know the, the explosive play potential so lots of like with him uh i'll mention a couple other guys one the first one not really a dart throw but just a guy that i really like for value purposes and not actually too expensive uh and that's evan ingram uh he saw a season high 94 percent route participation rate last week and uh, i think this is going to be another advantageous matchup for him going against this this Chiefs defense, just the way they play coverage. Uh, I, I think they can be vulnerable uh, to the tight end position underneath. So uh, I really like uh, Evan Ingram here. And uh, that if he keeps playing, if he see, keeps seeing this bump in snaps, which I think he will, uh, because it's kind of been a trend now, not just this game, but, you know, in the must-win game, uh, he was a, a little above his, he was above his season average as well. So it seems like the more important the game is, uh, the the more snaps Engram is getting, and, and that really bumps him up. He's my tight end too on the week. Yeah. That's this 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 stiff competition behind Kelsey. You're talking, <laughs> about, you're talking about Kittle. You're talking about Goddard against the Giants defense. Yeah, Schultz. 
Schultz and Schultz who just catches nothing but touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and somehow Evan Ingram has elevated himself uh, to number two. And that's that that just goes to show how important routes are. And uh, yeah, I think both of us have Trevor Lawrence projected around, you know, 39 or 40 pass attempts in this game, if I'm not mistaken. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, there, there should be a lot of. Volume. Yeah, that's remember last year we were talking about James Conner when he was like the best running back in football. We were saying like the eyeball test matches that he just mm-hmm. like like he was playing, playing a different level. That's how Evan Ingram has looked the past, what, five or six games. Yep. There's at times he looks like the best player on the field. So. Um, the eye test is definitely matching the underlying metrics. So yeah, he's definitely a player that I'm super high. And I have him as my tight end too as well. Um, but just yeah, a ton of upside in this matchup. You know what's crazy? What? The Giants, the Giants are in the final eight, giving up and they and they let go of Evan Ingram. I know. They let go of Kadarius. Like all the guys were talking about. Oh, yeah. It's like <laughs> it's like the guys, it's like the guys that uh, the Giants let go were saying, hey, yeah, you need your roster. He's these explosive guys. No and, yet, and yet somehow the Giants are still here with uh with Isaiah Hodgins. So, and yeah, so wait, when is the Isaiah Hodgins gonna end up on like the Chargers or something? Like oh man, probably <laughs> sooner than later. <laughs> but uh, I just thought that I thought I thought that was pretty funny. Uh but yeah, a couple other guys I want to mention uh for this because you're gonna have to find the right dart throw here because you're gonna have to pay up for some combination of yeah. Kelsey, Mahomes, uh probably you know one of the one of etn or kirk or somebody up there so uh trevor lawrence so uh another two more guys i'll mention chiefs noah gray jaguars dead last in dvoa against tight ends and noah gray has had a very consistent role in this offense he's never run fewer than 10 routes in a game uh, and he's gotten as high as 27 when they go into you know heavier pass scripts uh they will often play with two tight ends on the field and, you know, McCall Hardman's still out. So they'll still mix in a good amount uh, of two tight end personnel here, mm-hmm. even though, you know, we like Tony uh, Noah Gray is kind of that sneaky play who he would be probably be leverage on Kelsey. Cause you know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're dead last against tight ends, I mean, you're going to cover Kelsey and not the backup. And uh, you know, he's, he's going to be leverage on, you know, guys like Tony, uh, Justin Watson, you know, all these receivers, people are going to try to figure out, uh, the answer might just be Noah Gray. So uh, I think he's a guy that you have to uh, have some exposure to. And then on the Jaguar side, uh, it's slim pickings, but uh, I'll go with Jamal Agnew only because I think of guys that, you know, you probably don't expect to run more than a handful of routes. So a true dart throw, he does have a, a lot of different things working for him as far as upside. Uh, number one, he's fifth on the team uh, with six red zone targets. He's also tied for fourth on the team, uh, with three targets inside the 10. Uh, and he's averaging just over three kick returns per game, you know, kickoff, punt combined. So he's going to get three extra cracks on average to score a touchdown. And uh, he has a questionable tag coming into the game. So I think that will only lower his roster ship when you combine kind of a guy who hasn't really been seeing much usage with uh, a guy who's questionable. Uh, I think people tend to, to stay away. But uh, when Agnew's been on the field, he has been targeted 34%. Mm-hmm of his routes. He's been targeted. So even though he only plays, you know, sometimes it's like three, four snaps a game. He's only gets at least one target. <laughs> so, yep. uh, and he, and he could be good for a rush attempt as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Has, let's see, how many does he have? I believe it's nine and 15 games. Uh, let's see. Oh no, he's got 12 and 16 games. So yeah, he's uh, about three quarters of the time. You also may get a rush attempt at him. So just a lot of different ways. And he's a very explosive mm-hmm. player. So, um, you know, obviously a guy that could easily goose egg, 
but uh, also a guy that I think, you know, could be a, diff- a slate breaker if he, if he pops something. Yeah. So going back to no gray, uh, love that call. You know, I'm projecting for about 45% routes run rate and he's great leverage uh, against Kelsey, but more of a game theory question. I don't even know if there's the right answer. What would give you like more leverage in a tournament um, playing Noah Gray and not having Kelsey in the lineup or playing both? Ooh, that's a good question. I think if you just want to say more leverage, I think it would be playing Gray and not Kelsey because mm-hmm. if Kelsey catches, let's say, let's say Kelsey goes six for 80, like, you know, kind of his, yeah. but he doesn't get a touchdown and Noah Gray does. It's just, you probably just aren't supposed to have a player that expensive like you're not supposed to have Kelsey. Like the the optimal lineup probably just won't have Kelsey if he doesn't score a touchdown. But if right. Gray scores a touchdown, the optimal lineup will almost is almost guaranteed. Right. To have Gray. So like yes, it could it could very well work out that Kel- you need both. But if you're just talking what gives you max leverage, it's obviously to to fade the guy who everyone's going to have and play the guy that m- much fewer people are going to have without him. So yeah, I, I would go yeah. one without the other. And of course. As we always say, you you always have that added upside if Kelsey gets banged up, even if he doesn't yeah. get hurt for the whole game. Let's say he misses a drive or a few plays. Or yeah, something. exactly. So yeah, I, I would go without. Um, but you know, uh, the more lineups you're building, the more you're gonna end mm-hmm. up combining them. But yeah, if I had just had one, I, I would probably fade, take my chances. Yeah, uh, fade with the Kelsey fade. Uh, luck rankings. What do we got? Yeah, so the Jaguars are tenth. Uh, Chiefs three, so it's only a luck ranking differential of seven. And now that we're you know in the final stages of the playoffs, we're not going to see many uh, luck rankings games, especially with the Vikings out. Um, <laughs> so this this is a pass, um, and it's really hard to evaluate uh, if the Jags got lucky or unlucky last week because probably a bit unlucky um, going down 24, 27 nothing, whatever it was, with Lawrence throwing four picks. They had the uh, you know, the punt that bounced off the helmet and the Chargers had good field position. And then the Jags probably got lucky in the second half by being able to come back and win. Um, so those games are always really bizarre to kind of uh, figure out. But our expected score did have the Chargers winning that game 32 to 25. So, you know, if anything, uh, the Jaguars might be a little um, overrated coming into this. But um, do you see any value on this uh, spread right now either way? So, I kind of go back and forth. So the answer is no, uh, but you know, I'll, I'll say that my reasoning is when I look at the chiefs, I generally do try to fade them in spots like this. Uh, they are very poor against the spread in, in spots where they're favored by more than a field goal since November mm-hmm. of, uh, of 2020, they are just 10 and 24, including postseason 10 and 24 against the spread. Uh, when favored by more than a field goal in a game that Patrick Mahomes starts, that is 29%. So they have been just not good in these spots. But that being said, they one of the games they did cover was against the Jaguars. And oh. you also, uh, for what it's worth, you know, we track sharp action in the Action Network app. Uh, if you go to the pro signals, you see the little knife. That's the sharp action. It Early in the week, the, sharps, the sharp signal was on the Jaguars. I just checked now and it has flipped to the Chiefs. Oh. So that is interesting. Interesting. As well. Uh but yeah, I, I think this line's about right, you know, about about a touchdown just over, you know, just over one possession game, I think is is a fair line in this spot. Uh but of course, your lineups should always tell a story. So if you're building 
maybe one lineup, maybe you still do want to go contrarian. Maybe you go with somebody like Travis Etienne mm-hmm. in the captain spot. And, uh, and you kind of play it that way. Maybe you even stack them with the Jags D hope, because I think the way the Jaguars path to victory is, you know, keep the ball out of the chief's hands, you know, with the running game and also get a couple of get luck into a couple of turnovers and Mahomes mm-hmm. is, you know, there's been some games where yeah he's, he's turned it over and it's a bad spots too. So, uh, you know, I think that is a, a build that I will explore, you know, ETN Jaguars D stack McKinnon. Uh, yeah, McKinnon. I'll probably go McK- two of you know two of McKinnon, Kelsey, and uh, and, and Smith Schuster. You know something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, and, and maybe you even fade Trevor Lawrence. You know maybe you say okay, hey, may- he's, they're going to kind of shorten the game. He's not going to need as many yeah. pass attempts. So um, you maybe you go with like a guy like Marvin Jones. You know get that one. You know get that one. Try to capture that one receiving touchdown if there is one yeah. or something like that. Uh, maybe even stack the defense with Agnew and, and hope that they get a return touchdown and win- take a drive off. So, but yeah, that's how I would kind of build it you know, from the Jags perspective uh, and then obviously from the chiefs, uh, I think one guy, you know, we haven't mentioned, uh, but Pacheco, it would be a guy that yeah. you know, kind of a wide range of outcomes. If the chiefs uh, are able to kind of maintain a lead uh, you know, he's obviously the best bet for a rushing touchdown uh, and he could see, you know, 15, 20 carries if the chiefs are in, in a positive game. Uh, all right, let's flip over to the late game and the aforementioned giants going to Philly seven and a half point dogs. In Philly are the Giants with a total of 48. That has risen from 45 uh, early in the week. The Giants over the second half of the season have been one of the better offenses in the league, uh, even when you adjust for schedule. Damn. So uh, you know, one, you know, so this is this this giant offense is no joke. The defense still not good. Uh the talent is better now with them being healthy, but um, I, you know, this Philly team is going to be prepared. They're going to be well rested, and they. Uh, this is the now third time these teams will be facing off. Although the Giants didn't play many of their starters uh, in that finale of the regular season, but with all that being said, uh, what do you? Who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, I'm going to be a little contrarian here and go with my boy Dallas Goddard. Uh, I just think he's an under the radar play in the captain. So I think most people will be on Jalen Hurts, AJ Brown maybe even Devonta Smith or even Miles Sanders. Like if they have so many options you could consider, but um, you know, Goddard, he put up okay numbers in week 16 through 18. He missed the previous five games to a short with a shoulder injury. So uh, he's a guy that people, it might not be top of mind using the captain slot, but you know, the giants really struggle uh, covering tight ends. They rank 31st in DVOA uh, against the position. Um, they've allowed two hundred yard games to TJ Hawkinson over the past four games. I mean, he's sort of in the same tier I would consider as uh, Dallas Goddard. So this is one of those games where Goddard could easily go off um, and pretty good leverage to have him in a captain slot on the site because I don't think his roster ship will be that high, at least in the captain slot. So I like tapping into his uh, ceiling here. Oh, yeah. You know, and Goddard's a guy that he he, he can – kind of break out of the formation and line up in the slot as well. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where the Giants have really been struggling. And that's kind of what the, the Vikings did last week with, with Hawkinson. You know, it was just, I mean, it was, it was really just a, a thorough beatdown. If you just took like, if the Vikings, if it if the if football was just about getting your tight end, the football, the Vikings, <laughs> the Vikings win that game by a landslide last week uh, because man, it was, it was ugly for the Giants. So everyone, but Irv Smith, of course. 
Yeah, I think he, but he he did run three routes and got a touchdown. Yeah, so. yeah, that is true. <laughs> pretty, 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 and he dropped a pass. I think he got targeted on two out of three routes. Yeah. Dropped one, caught a touchdown on the other. True. So, uh, yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, at this point, we got to probably look at Jack Stoll or somebody. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Cousins even wanted to target T.J. Hawkinson at the game on the line, fourth and eight, and he threw it, you know, to the boundary, two yards down the field. So it just goes yeah. to show <laughs> how willing he was to throw it to his tight end. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, Hawkinson can easily get those other six yards. <laughs> Just turn turn in a turn in a Alex Smith at the crack yeah. at the crack of prime time. <laughs> oh man. Uh yeah. So uh, I like that Goddard call. I think that's a good way, like you said, to get some differentiation. Uh I'll go with the chalk, Jalen Hurts. Uh yeah, I looked at, I was like, wow, I'm projecting him for six and a half points more than Barkley, eight and a half more than Brown. Uh so you know, the value is there for Jalen. Uh, you know, I think. There's a good chance he spreads it around. Goddard, I think, will we'll get heavily involved, as you mentioned. Uh, and I think, you know, Brown and Smith, I, what, what did they do last time? They moved him into the slot and took advantage. So you have three different guys that you could kind of – I know Quez Watkins starts there, but you have Goddard, you have Brown, you have Smith. All those guys can go into the slot. So I don't think Hurts uh, will, will kind of have problems throwing the football. And – you know, we'll see what the Giants do in terms of their coverage. They they actually played a ton of zone against the Vikings. Uh, if that continues, I think, you know, Hertz will succeed, will have a success as a passer. But we also know the Giants, they their whole identity this year has been man coverage, send the blitz. So if this Eagles O-line, hold, you know, it's one of the best in the league, if it holds up, you're going to get rushing lanes if you play man coverage because mm-hmm. the defender's backs will be turned. So uh, high high floor, high ceiling play is Jalen Hurts against this giant D that ranks 29th in DVOA overall, 23rd against the pass, and dead last uh, against the run. Yeah, and he had the extra week uh, to rest up. I, I think he's probably closer to 100% um, over his shoulder injury. So this could be one of those games where we see 15-plus rush attempts uh, from Hurts. It's been a while since we've had that, but uh, he should be 100% this week. Yeah, I missed the 8.5 on his rush. I, I was looking at his rush attempt prop and I, I think it opened at eight and a half Ooh. and I missed it. And I have, I'm actually, I'm like two rushes higher than you, which is hilarious. I'm, I'm at like 10.9. <laughs> I'm at 10.9. So yeah. I, I like, if I could have got that eight and a half, I would have been living like at nine yeah. and a half. It's a little closer. Uh, I mean, if I, I mean, still, pro- I still might end up taking it. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's eight and a half, but you got like, you know, minus 140, minus 150 juice, but honestly, it's probably still worth it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, kneel downs, QB sneaks, like all of those add up. Um, so yeah, that's uh, I might have to follow you on that one. Yeah. So um, you know, expecting hurts, you know, and I know the Giants, they did play well uh against mm-hmm. him in the run game in that last matchup. So, you know, that it, but but it, that's the whole uh advantage of locking up that number one seed. Yep. Now you get to rest and you get to yep. take two weeks to prepare uh for your for your next opponent. So uh expect Hurts to to come out firing. Uh, all right. Who do you like? Uh, dart throws, other just value plays. Who else uh, are you trying to get in your lineups in this Giants-Eagles game? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Yeah, so, you know, for every Eagles showdown slate, I have to say this guy's name. It's Quez Watkins. Um, you just always have to consider his upside on showdown slate. He's never a guy I'm going to play on, you know, like a main slate. Um, but, you know, he's he's the main downfield threat. He could break this slate with, with a single catch. Um, now, his role did seem to change a bit when Goddard was out. He was running a lot more underneath routes. His mm-hmm. eight out was only 8.6. 
um, when Goddard was out those five games. It's 13.2 when Goddard is out of the lineup. So I think he's going to be more of that boom bust, you know, deep uh, downfield target here. So love Quez Watkins upside. I always do. I think he's come through and like, you know, the Eagles have been on like four showdown sites. I think he's come through in about two or three of them. So he has a pretty high hit rate on these showdown sites. So always love taking Quez Watkins on the giant side. There's, there's a couple options. I think that the obvious one would be Richie James, just because it's a great matchup um, in the slot. He, he can avoid, um, you know, the better cornerbacks uh, for the Eagles and um, Slay and Bradbury. So uh, I think he's going to be, you know, funnel targets here. Plus, Hodgins is playing through a pretty nasty ankle injury. I know he had a good game last week, but at some point, you know, Hodgins might be unable to play at a high level with uh, what seems to be a pretty significant I, ankle I, injury. Yeah, you know, just to, uh, so breaking news, uh, he's completely off the injury report. So he actually might be fine. I, I'm just saying, I, I, I don't want yeah, to, no, he's, like, he's like limping around out there. Like, I think, I think James is still the play. Did you see the picture of his ankle? It is I, not. I actually good. did not. Yeah, I mean, Ooh, I'm just, it is nasty. I'm but... just saying, when guys when guys are off the injury report, I just I'm yeah. not I'm not going to tilt myself by like trying to factor that in. But but I but I agree. I think James just matchup wise, I mean, yeah. is the yeah. play because you're not going to have uh the same kind of separation for Slayton and Hodgins yeah. against Slayton Bradbury that you had against Peterson and I, who was I don't even know who was on the other side last week, but uh, Duke Shelley was it? I and what whoever. Uh, yeah, so I think I, th- I think James is a is a great call. Yeah, but check out that picture. Granted, he's a professional athlete, and I'm sure he'll be totally fine. But there is some hidden upside there if Hodgins is less than 100. percent um, And then Lawrence Cager, you know, I mentioned this with my Daniel Bellinger prop uh, on our other pod, but I was shocked to see him run around on 30 percent of Daniel Jones dropbacks uh, last week. So he he's a guy, you know, he's a former receiver, so maybe they just wanted to get some more pop. In the passing game, he went off for eight catches, 69 yards in their week 18 game when they rested all the starters. So, you know, they might continue to give him 30% um, routes run right here. So um, while he only caught one pass for four yards, he could catch two or three balls with that kind of usage. So just a guy I would sprinkle in GPPs. Again, this is a showdown slate. We're trying to hit home runs on some of these lower roster guys. And I I think Cager is worth a flyer just based on his usage last week. Yeah, oh, and I just looked at the Hodgins picture. Yuck. And that was before the Vikings game. Wow. So I know. Isn't props that, to him. that, makes, props that to him. makes his performance that much more amazing, right? I mean. Yeah, yeah. It's that time of the year, man. Everybody's just messed up. Yep. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I like that uh, Cager call. Uh, I think that – so the way I'm kind of handicapping this game is the Giants so well coached. Yeah. The Giants have been so good when they play a team for the second time. You know, think about – uh, you know, Washington, think about uh, the Eagles. I mean, with their, with the, you know, not even their starters in the game, they, they kept that one, you know, kept the Eagles offense relatively in check and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, made the final score look respectable uh, somehow. So I think what's going to happen here is you played them two times. You have to, and, and, and you're the, the, the two most consistent uh, passing game weapons for you, Slayton and Hodgins, Mm-hmm. will probably be compromised by Slay and Bradbury, just yeah. the quality of their of their coverage. So you can't expect to get the same uh, production out of those two, right? So I think what's going to happen here is you're going to see these other guys, these fringe role player guys, uh, be schemed into advantageous 
situations. So a guy like Lawrence Cager, who does have some explosiveness, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if you see, you know, like a, a, a jet sweep throwback pass, something just to get him, you know, alone streaking down the sideline. Uh, like I think he had something like that uh, maybe over the middle opening the Thanksgiving game, but, you know, just kind of plays to get different guys that we don't usually see as involved mm. um, into space. Uh, you know, it, like that are not named Saquon Barkley, that are not named Hodgins, and that are not named Slayton. So uh, I think Cager is going to be a key on this slate. I think Richie James, uh, even though his playing time dipped a little last week, uh, I think he's going to be a key. Matt Breda, the Giants played uh, a number of uh, personnel groupings that had both halfbacks on the field, uh, mm -hmm. Barkley and Breda. So I think the oops. I think guys like that, I'll even throw in Daniel Bellinger. I know you're on his under on his receiving prop, but yeah. another guy with, you know, still should see around, you know, 75, 80% uh, of the routes. Another guy with a wide, wider range of outcomes who we've seen be schemed up uh, a touchdown in the past. He had a rushing touchdown earlier. Yep. This year. I, so I think you have to roster Hager, James, Breda, Bellinger, because those are the guys that are next up that are still going to see uh, at least some time, uh, on some, some significant time on the field. And I, I guarantee you, you're going to see one, if not more, multiple uh, kind of schemed up. I don't know if it's going to be straight up trick plays, but some kind of plays mm -hmm. designed to get these guys free and, and, and kind of count on the defense, you know, paying the most attention to, to, to your star players, even though I don't know if I'd call Slayton and Hodgins stars, but for this giant team, they are. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, shouts to Joe, to Joe Shane and, you know, for, yeah. for the roster he's assembled because, I mean, like we said, you know, we're talking about on the other slate, we're talking about guys that, that the Giants gave up. And we're like, yeah, we want to mm -hmm. roster these guys. So, um, yeah, uh, I think I, th I think that's a great call. Uh, I think Quez is a great call as well because, remember, he, he lines up in the slot uh, about three quarters of the time. Uh, now, I do think they'll move other guys in there, so maybe it won't be that high. But uh, Giants really struggling with their slot coverage. Uh, Darnell, Darnay Holmes, excuse me, allowed seven of seven completions for 47 yards last week. Uh, he's allowed 17 of 19 to be completing his coverage over the last three games. Uh, and then McLeod uh, is allowing a 156 passer rating from the slot on the season. So they don't really have, and if not, if you don't go with those two, now you got to kind of use a safety in there. So, I mean, the, the Giants, that's the one spot where the Giants really don't have a ton of answers. You may see a Dory uh, shadow Brown or Smith into the slot, mm -hmm. but then that just opens up Watkins against, you know, maybe one of these corners on the outside, whether it's Moreau, whether it's uh, Holmes, you know, uh, following him outside. Uh, but either way, I think Watkins, as you said, you just have to have some exposure to him uh, on a slate like this. All right. What do we got for the luck rankings for this? <laughs> luck be a lady tonight. Well, it's, it's pretty tight. Giants ranked fourth Eagles second. Um, yeah, the Giants, they're, they rank really high in our luck rankings because they're 9-4 and four in one-score games this year. But they're overall, they're a well-coached team under Brian Dable. So I think we can expect them to continue to overachieve going forward. So they're, they're not necessarily a team I'm looking to fade simply due to the luck rankings. Like I said, heading into the season, that's a big reason why I like their over, I think it was like six and a half wins. I just think they're a really well-coached team. Um, and then on the Eagles side, same thing. They're, they rank second in luck rankings. I think a lot of that has to do with their plus eight turnover differential, third highest. But you'd kind of expect that from a team like this. They're a very complete, uh, probably the best overall roster. They're a well-coached team. So they're not a team I would consider overrated. 
Uh, plus, they had some pretty bad injury luck to close the season. They they were without Kurtz and Orlane Johnson in two of their final three games. So, you know, having this bye week, they're going to be closer to 100% health. That I'd say neither one of these teams is a team I'd be looking to fade just based on the luck rankings. So the fact that they're so close, uh, th- this is definitely not a luck ranking uh, game. Yeah. Uh, mentioned, you know, Hertz is my top value in, in the captain spot, but I think obviously, you know, one way to play it would be, okay, going with the Giants upset game script. Mm. Uh, I, I would, I, I'm fine. Saquon Barkley in the captain spot. I'm also fine. Daniel Jones in the captain spot. I don't yeah. necessarily think he gets you. I don't know if he gets you multiple passing touchdowns, but I'm pretty sure he can get you a rushing score because they, they showed no uh, hesitation like they were using him as the lead back. Like Barkley got what? Like nine carries last week? Something <laughs> yeah. like that. Uh, if that. I think it was like five. Yeah. Yeah. It was so, you know, Daniel Jones oh, is yeah, a guy. Nine, nine for 53. Right. So he Daniel Jones is a guy who's going to run the football uh, in this spot. And I think that's kind of the way you want to run on the Eagles. You want to go outside because now they kind of shored up the inside. You know, Davis came back. Adama can there now. You got Winville Joseph. Like Davis doesn't even play that much. Like mm-hmm. at the beginning of the year, we were like, oh man, when he's out there, run defense suffers. And now fifth on the depth chart now. Yeah. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, I would, I would look to the giants running game and then, you know, roster one of those others. To, to save some cash, whether it's Richie James or, or Cager or, or Bellinger or even Brita, you know, in kind of a QB running back, running back stack, something like that. Uh, but that's how I would kind of uh, attack it from the giant side. If I'm looking for it, for that kind of uh, jo- pro jo- positive game script for the giants. And I think Richie James would be good in that game script yeah, as well. Yeah, Just yeah. you're trying to make higher percentage throws either, either game script. I, I think uh, Richie James is going to be crucial. Yeah. I, well, I I would say, I would actually go Cager as the top one in a, a positive pop. because oh. you're more likely to play double tight end and, and, and take the slot man off the field when you're up. Like, you know, I, I still think James has a great matchup, but we, we did see that uh, a couple of times. We saw that a little bit last week. He, his routes run dropped to 66%. Uh, and then there was another game against Washington where it was like 55. So there's been a couple of games where the Giants have kind of gone to a little heavier personnel. So, I mean, I think Cager and Bellinger, I guess. Bellinger probably mm-hmm. actually, I would yeah. say, the top one. So like a, a Barkley, Jones, Bellinger. You hope Jones hits Bellinger for like the only pass touchdown, but then Jones also runs one in and, and Barkley yep. runs one in and then then you're in business. All right. Uh, so that's going to do it for the Fantasy Flex Saturday divisional round uh dfs preview hope you guys enjoyed it be sure to check out uh the full up rankings list at actionnetwork.com for more great fantasy content from sean and i you can check out our full player props episode over on the action network podcast channel also keep an eye out for our fantasy flex sunday slate episode so actionnetwork.com for all of our nfl fantasy embedding content fantasylabs.com for our dfs tools and models Sean is on Twitter at the underscore oddsmaker. I am at Chris Raybon. And of course, you can find us at those same handles on the free award-winning Action Network app. Until next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.